What's up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of Not Just a Phase. We are online at notjustaphase.net and very active on Instagram at notjustaphase worldwide. And today I have the privilege of speaking with Mark from Ohio's finest punk act, Shitty Neighbors. Shitty Neighbors is coming at you from Ohio. Some of the catchiest hooks in the game and melodic riffs layered with absolutely massive sing-along vocals on the same epic levels that Iron Sheik had set the bar for so many years ago. And if you haven't heard this band yet, plain and simple, you've been fucking up. But we're going to fix that right now. So check this out. Hey, it's Mark from Shitty Neighbors, and you're listening to Not Just a Phase. My name is Mark Metzger. I play bass and I do backing vocals in uh, in the band. Yeah, some some uh, you know main vocals here and there, but primarily I'm a uh, backup vocal guy for my other singers. I wanted to ask that who who is the main vocalist? Because you guys all sing and you all sing like a lot, so. Yeah, we actually, uh, it's it's kind of funny because if somebody has heard us on, you know, the uh, streaming or record or whatever, and then they see us live, they're really surprised because we have three singers total. So Rob and Joe both are uh, lead singers, I would say. It's very Lawrence Arms-ish, hot water, alkaline kind of stuff where, you know, Rob writes a song, he's lead vocals on that song. And Joe does secondary, and I kind of back both of them up. And then if Joe writes a song, he sings lead. Rob has his parts, 
and then I back both of them up. And if they're nice enough to me, they'll let me have my moment to shine where it's just me here and there. So that's kind of fun. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very, those three bands where, you know, you can tell uh, like, this is a Chuck song and this is a Chris song. It's, it's very much like that. So it's fun. It keeps, it keeps, uh, I think it's more entertaining to, to see when bands do that. I like a lot of trade-off vocals and stuff like that. So it's fun that we were all kind of on that same page from the beginning to, to kind of take that, that route. Yeah. And it all blends nice too. Like all three of your vocals complement each other so well, it almost sounds like it could be one guy, but then you hear the gang vocals or the, the sing-alongs, if you will. And you can tell it's like a crowd chorus, but yeah, it all works so well. It's a great blend. Thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's definitely a lot of fun being in this band because of that. It kind of keeps people's eyes moving around at a live show. And um, I don't know, to me, it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. The only thing that isn't fun is a couple of times we've uh, played like DIY shows where there's only one microphone and one stand and then it's like oh uh, we have this extra mic but no stand so we gotta like duct tape a broom handle to a five gallon bucket and then I have to run back and forth between the two mics and sing when that person isn't singing Um, so stuff like that but then again that's also fun so I don't know can't really complain too much (laughs) I'd love to see the three of you trying to crowd around the same mic and not uh, not connect too much. <laughs> Get right. real close. Yeah. <laughs> Knocking my headstock into everybody else's faces and stuff. Yep. Yeah. So how did you end up on the show here today, Mark? <laughs> did you check us out before agreeing to come chat with us or yeah? So my buddy uh Jim or Coleman, as we all know him from Ohio. Jim, if you're from probably pretty much any other state or country, um from Oscar Bait, he uh, was on the show, and uh, I listened to it and was I loved it. Thought it was awesome, and um, and then you reached out, and um, here we are. So thank you for inviting me on. This is awesome. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm happy to chat. Do you uh, do you like listen to any podcasts? Yeah, I do. I um. You know, honestly, I don't really listen to a whole lot of music podcasts. I, um, a lot of comedy stuff. Um, there's this amazing podcast, uh, called All Fantasy Everything, where these three comics that I love, they do like a football fantasy draft type thing, but it's not about sports ever. Every week it's a new topic. So they'll draft like fast food restaurants and you take your turn and, you know, once Wendy's is taken, nobody else can have it, blah, blah, blah. Everybody picks five. And it's just one of the most entertaining podcasts of all time. Actually, during lockdown, when COVID started, uh, Jim, myself, and a couple other friends, we started having Zoom calls, recreating our own version of that podcast, just getting together every Wednesday night and drafting different topics and stuff. So, um, yeah, that, that one's probably my most listened to weekly thing, but I'm also really into woodworking and metalworking and stuff like that. So I listen to a ton of like maker podcasts about building things and getting your mind to work in, in you know, that sort of way about creating things. But yeah, not honestly, not a whole lot of music related podcasts. 
So we got a DIY handyman on the show today. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's it's same thing with YouTube. It's like all my YouTube history is uh, cooking and building things. Like that's it. I'm curious about that other podcast. Is there like a point system to this drafting? Fast food no, chains and other weird things or? They do a, um, it's like you can go on there and vote for who you think won as the listener. So there's no clear cut like point system thing. Um, at the end, they'll recap and they'll say, you know, this person took this, 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 this. And then it's like, we'd like to hear your thoughts on it and stuff. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I like to look at the topic before listening and then sort of create my own draft and then see what kind of overlap there is with the, the host. So it's a lot of fun. I definitely recommend checking it out. It's awesome. Interesting. I'm going to look into that. And uh, listeners, you can message us at not just a phase worldwide on Instagram and, and tell me who you think won me or Mark, because we're not competing. It doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> any excuse for a shitty plug. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we always like to start off our episodes by asking how you first got into like punk rock or any sort of underground music. If you can recall, like your first introduction, first couple bands you know, was, or however it happened. Right. I was thinking about that today and I'm so bad with um, just having those, like those sort of opinions or whatever, just locked in the back of my head. I have to really sit there and think about it or, um, or like if somebody asks, what's your favorite, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. But some people just have that stuff ready to go. Um, and I was thinking about it. Like I grew up not really aware that there was any other music out there besides what was on the radio. Um, and I remember my, I have a brother, Keith, that's uh, three years older than me. And he was always, you know, he had more money or he had money quicker to or earlier to start buying cds and all this stuff so a lot of my music i heard from him um you know stuff like corn lint biscuit marilyn manson all that stuff uh was kind of a given because that was still pretty radio friendly at the time but i remember like listening to or hearing like the ramones and the misfits for the first time like those kind of classic punk bands through him and just being really confused about why it was I don't know just there's something about it that just wasn't played on the local radio station type type vibe and um so I really got into stuff like that and then those bands led me to figure out the younger at the time like the younger new um punk bands that would essentially make up like the early days of warp tour like the epifat era stuff um and then you get those comps you know fat music comps and the uh what was it the punkaramas and stuff like that and then it's like you hear one song from a band and you just know like oh i gotta go get that melancholy record because this song rules and from there you just I don't know, you read liner notes, like that was a big thing on those CDs growing up, you'd open them up, read those liner notes, and they're thanking all these bands that you don't know, and you're like, well, if they're thanking them, there should be a reason why I should like them too, so you just, it just kind of snowballs, and yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy how, because I don't, I wouldn't say it's a definitive point or anything, it just kind of, in, in hindsight, it 
just happened so organically in a way because I wasn't necessarily looking for it. It just kind of happened. So that was awesome. I'm very lucky to have, you know, found that because a lot of people just think the only music out there is what's playing on the radio or whatever. And yeah, there's plenty more out there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So how did, um, how did you guys all meet? You were saying before we recorded that you guys are all about, you're separated maybe about 20 minutes apart geographically. Mm-hmm. So how so, did you guys uh, meet before the band formed? So Craig Dickman, he uh, plays drums and shitty neighbors. He, him and I have been uh, friends and he would probably know better than I do because he remembers everything. Um, I'm going to say I met him on the playground in fifth grade. So he would have been in fourth grade or either I was in sixth and he was in fifth. He, he's a year younger than me. I met him on the playground in grade school and he was wearing an MXPX shirt. And I remember looking at that going, nice. I know that band and I don't know that kid. So that and the, and we by the way we him and I grew up in a small town called Fort Jennings it's about Fort Jennings Ohio it's about 30 minutes outside of Lima if anybody knows where that is we had i had like 35 people in my graduating high school class so super small school super small town and you know i see this kid with spiky hair just like me and he's wearing an MXPX shirt and i'm like all right, got to go talk to that kid. And we started talking and, you know, he played guitar. His dad had taught him and how to play guitar and stuff. And I had just briefly kind of started learning how to play bass. And next thing you know, we're best friends. And we started a band together when we were kids, way before we could drive. Um, And so, yeah, so he's been my best friend since fifth or sixth grade which is crazy because we still talk all the time and we're in a band and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, he, that, uh, he was another big reason how I uh, got to learn about new music too, is he showed me a bunch of stuff that I didn't know. Um, but yeah, then um, I actually met Joe who plays guitar and sings because when I was in high school, um, my brother Keith, who I mentioned before was actually in a college class with Joe uh, and they became friends kind of similar to Craig and I just based off of, Hey, you're wearing a shirt of a band that I like, we should be pals kind of thing. So my brother and Joe, Joe were friends. And when I would come visit my brother in college, my brother introduced us, me to Joe. And we kind of just always stayed in touch. And my, my band at the time started playing shows with his band at the time. And, um, as life goes on, those bands fizzled out and we decided to start Shitty Neighbors. And uh, yeah, we knew, I knew Rob because Craig and I, I know this is probably confusing for anybody. I should draw all these charts and stuff about who was in what band, but Craig and I were in a band before this called The Fight Within. And we were doing our last two albums, I think, with Rob. at a studio that he started called Little Elephant. So that's when I met Rob, was he was recording our uh, last couple records and he liked our band and he's like, you know, I used to play punk when I was younger and I need to get back into that. 
and then it just so happened that that band kind of fizzled out and when shitty neighbors was starting to get talked about as as a new thing i was like dude we gotta have like we should bring rob in on this and and uh yeah it all happened just so like like it we were just the timing was perfect uh, that we all like knew each other from different realms. And then when the time came, it was like, all right, let's meet up. Let's do this new band. And uh, yeah, and here we are. So before we talk about the literal elephant in the room, um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm sorry, it's terrible. Um, I wanted to ask, no, like, what's uh, the... it's we, we've heard we've heard it all. It's fine. <laughs> There's no excuse for it, though. I, I make the absolute worst puns on here, and I'm sure I'm the only one who laughs at them. I apologize to anyone who has to listen to my voice, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to know, like, what's the the scene like in your area? You got some like favorite local bands. Is there a lot of punk bands or a lot of, a lot of venues? Like what just, you know, just in general, what's, what's it like out there? The Toledo scene is pretty wild actually, because there, there is really something for everybody. Like I wouldn't say it's a punk scene. I wouldn't say it's a hardcore scene, um, but it's definitely thriving with a lot of talented original local bands um solo singer songwriter people and then you know like death metal bands so there's also a lot of like cover bands and stuff in the area and stuff like that and that that stuff all you know i have my opinions on that and has its place but we're we're really lucky to have a wide array of you know i guess the broader scope term would be like indie type bands that just you know, they, uh, and, and we have venues in town that are super supportive of acts like that. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not like a, uh, yeah, come on out, play your silly little band. And there's 10 people there, you know, there's a really good response from, 
the fans and in the crowd and and for the most part um unless there's something i don't know a lot of the bands are supportive of each other and uh cross genres and all that stuff so it's it's super cool we're we're very lucky to uh to have a lot of talent in this area of, of you know local musicians so it's awesome sweet i was thinking of starting a, a cover band of shitty neighbors and just being like lousy roommates <laughs> It's funny. There's a uh, there's a cover band in this area called I think they're cover bands. I've never actually looked into it much, but they're called Noisy Neighbors. And yeah. And so they're called Noisy Neighbors. And we get it all the time where they're like, hey, are you guys playing this place on Saturday? We're like, no, like, oh, we, we saw it in the paper. We just didn't know if they like censored your name for the paper. And we're like, no. Uh, but that's it's funny that makes sense <laughs> I, the radio I think, friendly version <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. they uh we, we should probably we should probably book a show with them honestly and just you know duke it out battle of the neighbors yeah <laughs> yeah i had to laugh too when i sent you the the questions list you wrote back you're like yeah there's no you in neighbors i'm like dude i yeah. know how to spell and then i'm like oh yeah shit they're american right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, I told you uh, there was that band from Canada. Like when we first started the band, the the name was honestly just a joke. This whole band started as a literal side project for all four of us. We all had our main bands and this was just, let's just write some songs and record them and see what happens. And then all those bands broke up and then we're like, well, I guess this is our new band. We're kind of stuck with the name. Um, But yeah, there was a Canadian band with, uh, n-e-i-g-h-b-o-u-r-s that messaged us and they're like how would you how how dare you guys take our name they're defunct by the way they haven't done anything in years at this point and like don't how dare you take our name there's no way that you couldn't have found us online and known that there was a band already called that um relax we're, we're we're gonna sue you we're gonna take you to court if you guys uh don't change your name and i responded i was like well first off we didn't find you because it's spelled differently um so yeah Bandcamp wasn't taken you know like facebook wasn't taken all that stuff um and then we like called their bluff i was like all right yeah just send over the paperwork or whatever we'll have our lawyer take a look at it and then they never sent anything <laughs> That whole that whole idea perplexes me. Like, hey, I'm a small band. You're also a small band. Let's fight over a fucking name. Like, that's so silly. Yeah. And imagine the, uh, you know, if it's small claims court or whatever. I don't know. But if there's any sort of judge or anybody that has to actually look at that case and like, wait, so so what are we doing? Oh, wait, what? Yeah, it's just so funny. And both your bands play punk music. What? the fuck is that like that like it's yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you're like, going uh, acetals, go home go home <laughs> yeah he reaches into his drawer and pulls out his flask and takes a big swig and he's like fuck that's what i went to school for yeah yeah i passed the bar <laughs> for this shit yeah yeah it was yeah <laughs> so uh who, who are you listening to right now park what band are you listening to that you don't think is getting enough attention you know, that's another one of those where I'm sure if you gave me like a day to think about it, I could give you a big list. Um, I've had the so questions bad. for a couple days. I mean, 
I know, but you know, I've only started looking at it in the last 20 minutes or so. Right. Yeah, that's how it usually goes. It's a very yeah. live show, like I said. I was more so worried about making sure that my audio setup would still work. And uh and yeah. Um, I don't know. I I see a lot of bands, um local bands and stuff that I think like Oscar Bait is a perfect example where I think, you know, that band should be a lot bigger than they are but you know at the same time i there's just so much out there there's so much to to you know for the lack of better term to fight over as a band because there's just so many bands out there just trying to do it um but it makes me super happy when like i see our friends and taking meds you know starting to get a lot of awesome traction and stuff like that um I don't know. It's just hard. And it's so easy to kind of get burnt out and sort of give up and just say, you know, is it worth it or whatever? So I don't know. I, I'm sure there are plenty of bands out there and I'm probably wake up tonight at 3 a.m. and say, oh, I should have said this band. Um, but I don't know. I just encourage people to go to more local shows and check out bands that they might not know because you know, we play with bands all the time that it's like, how have I never heard of this band? Like, this is crazy. You guys are so good. And yeah, it, it happens. So, sorry, I don't really have a, a definitive answer for you on that one. No, it's all good. That's been my favorite part about doing the show. I mean, when I interviewed Oscar Bait, who a friend of mine told me to check out, they mentioned Shitty Neighbors. So I checked them out and I'm like, holy fuck, how have I not heard of this band? It's so good. And during all the chaos of the past few years, I mean, you guys dropped people I know, was it last year? Um, just mm-hmm. dropping anything during, you know, the pandemic and the, the outbreak and shit. It's so hard to keep track of all these bands normally, let alone within all the chaos of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, by the way, for the compliment. That means a lot. Um, we we had debated on, you know, pushing back the record and all that but at the same time that record has beat us up over the years we spent i mean some of those songs are five maybe even six years old like prior to the release we we basically were going to do a split and then we were going to do an e that that got messed up and then we're going to do an ep and then we decided well if we do an ep we're probably not going to press it and nobody's going to want to put it out. So let's just scrap those four. not. And I mean, we didn't scrap the songs, scrap those recordings and let's just do a full length. And then, so by the time we write and record another six songs, it just took forever. And, you know, we demoed everything and then a couple months in studio time, uh, well, weekends in studio time that were months apart everything just took forever on it um but i'm really glad we spent the time on it because i do love that record a lot i think it's great uh but we definitely learned a lot as a band uh, what it all takes to put out a full-length record and um it was like all right do we release this during the pandemic knowing that we're not going to uh play a show necessarily um or do we wait like what you know so we we ordered got the records ordered all that stuff we started releasing singles here and there and because it's just like no let's just get this out there as soon as possible um 
and then that way we can start focusing on the next step and putting out something else. So, um, but yeah, it, it was kind of scary because we're like, you know, is anybody going to care about this? Because we can't play shows as quickly as we would like and stuff, but we've gotten an amazing response from it and uh, um, people seem to like it. So. Fuck yeah. No, absolutely. Huge fan. Like I said, during the, uh, during all this chaos, you know, like I'd only heard you guys a couple months ago and I'm like, how the fuck, where's this been? But because of all this, this chaos, people are finding bands maybe that dropped an album a year ago. Maybe they're just finding out about them today, last week, a month ago or whatever, because shit was so, I mean, there wasn't shows. There was a lot of releases, not a lot of releases. You get the idea. I don't have to go into crazy (laughs) detail. We all lived through it. (laughs) Yeah. It was either people were craving content or they didn't care at all. Like there were two, two sides of that coin. Like, you know, I'm, I'm burnt out with all these live streams. Like they're just not doing it for me. Um, this and that, or, you know, I, I want to pay for every live stream. I want to see everything. So I don't know. It's just, it, it was very phenomenal to see these artists kind of adapt to something that was not really uh, expected you know, like I remember when like lockdown started. So I run a screen printing business also, and my primary clients are bands. And so right away when this hit, I was like, well, there goes 95% of my clients because they're not going to be touring for the next foreseeable future. And that like really, really scared me. And then on top of that, it was like, well, all these songs and all these shows we have booked, like those are getting canceled. And I don't know, it was pretty low time, but you know, you watch how bands figured out how to still stay present. And, you know, a lot of bands kept writing and wrote some of the best records, you know, out of that sort of thing. And yeah, I don't know. It really shows the heart and integrity in in like this sort of music scene for sure when you know we're not necessarily getting compensated for our art you know to still have the the driving power to push through something like a global pandemic and still create content and and songs even though it's like now more than ever you're not getting uh compensated or or knowing if anybody's paying attention it's it's crazy to look back on it yeah for sure i'd like that's uh pretty much the main reason this podcast started i started uh going a little stir crazy and i, I love talking about music love talking about mm-hmm. music and i needed to hear somebody talk about music and i started listening to a bunch of podcasts and i was like uh these kind of suck like do they just yeah. let anyone do this like I, I could do this like i don't yeah i don't really listen to podcasts so <laughs> I don't, I don't know who does, but I appreciate so, them. So you don't you don't really listen to podcasts? Oh, God, no. Are you kidding? I have to edit my own voice every week. It's horrendous. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> so honestly, honestly, I think that's because I remember listening to the Oscar, the gym episode. And I remember thinking that you were a really good interviewer. And that's maybe because part of it is that you don't listen to podcasts because you know, like a lot of comedians that I listen to, they're like, you know, I, I don't listen to stand up because they're afraid to sort of unintentionally steal another comics, you know, beats like rhyme and rhythm, not only just jokes, but just oh, like, yeah, yeah. oh, like this is the way this person's delivering this thing. Like, and look at the reaction he's getting 
or she's getting and I got to start doing that. So you kind of change yourself to, it's like a copycat sort of thing. And so if you're not listening to podcasts, especially music stuff, like I think that's probably a good thing for you. Honestly, I think that's awesome. I appreciate that. I, uh, I remember getting comments when I first started like, Oh, you should do this and that or blah, blah, blah. Or how come you don't do this? And like, honestly, I don't know how any show is formatted. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just some asshole with a microphone. I don't know, man. Yeah, man. Because you're going to, you're going to get into copycat syndrome. And yeah, that's, it's, it's just way more organic to just get on a zoom call and talk to somebody about, you know, that's all it is. That's, those are the most captivating podcasts. Like, um, that I like to listen to at least or interview style ones that just seem like you're a fly on the wall and not a stage sort of riff riffing back and forth. So. Yeah. Nice. You mean, I want to ask actually, and I can edit out uh, the question if you don't want to answer it, but does punk rock okay. pay the bills for you? Like full out? Um, yeah. So, I mean, my really? job is I run a screen printing company and I print merch for bands primarily. Um, uh, I do a lot of like school, like today I printed some shirts for like some Ted talk in New York or something. Um, so I get these like weird, like one-offs, uh, like for schools and, you know, like, uh, family reunions or, um, I don't know, like local businesses and stuff like that, like creating their shirts that they can sell in stores, but primarily it's bands coming to me for big merch runs that they sell, uh, uh, on tour and at shows and stuff um between that and little elephant like that's that's all i do seriously that yeah, gives me hope, i do man. well i also like i like i mentioned earlier uh i do woodworking uh more as like i don't know it's weird um a lot of i've heard people say that i'm like a jack of all trades which that i feel like that saying has always really meant as a diss because it's jack of all trades master of none and i'm not saying that i'm a master at anything that i do but it's just funny how you throw that term around and people don't necessarily know that it's kind of dissing you um but i just i don't know i just like to keep my mind busy so i over pandemic uh there's a local record store in town here called culture clash and uh you know he was having downtime during the pandemic and I was having downtime with printing and obviously, you know, the recording studio couldn't have bands in because nobody was touring. And I was really fearful about, you know, money and stuff. And he, uh, Tim Friedman, the owner reached out to me. He's like, Hey, um, we've been wanting to upgrade the store for a while. Do you want to build these uh, new display stands, like the record bins for the whole store? And I said, fuck yes. Let's do it. Nice. I have nothing to do. And so I took on the biggest production job of my life and build, built 40 of these massive mobile record uh, store bins that you flip through records in, like three rows, probably uh, five foot by like two and a half foot deep. And just turned my garage into a production, ordered a whole truck of truckload of plywood and just like kept me busy for months. Luckily it was summertime. You know, my neighbors, I don't know how they felt about 
me running saws pretty much so eight hours a, a day. Shitty neighbor? Would you right. read the shitty neighbor? Nice, nice. I it's, do. I'm sorry. it's it's funny you say that because we get that all the time, and I am a really good neighbor. There's maybe only one neighbor, and I'm looking at their house right now that yeah. I feel like they don't like me because I don't really like them. Uh, but everybody else in my neighborhood rules. My other next door neighbors rule. People across the street rule. Um, so I'm in like that that project I was just telling you about I'm in my driveway in my garage outside you know eight nine hours a day and people are walking their dogs and they're stopping like what are you building what are you building and Sean's like wow I didn't know you could do that I was like yeah I didn't really know either I just took the job and then figured out how to do it later (laughs) so I don't know but yeah I mean between like that that job really saved my butt for a just giving me financial stability but also be just helping me not go insane because I, if I would have just had to sit in my house during lockdown quarantine, I probably would have lost my mind. So I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, I developed that, uh, inquisitive mind of making things as a young child. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. I've, I've completely lost my mind throughout the, all this chaos but i'm glad uh i'm glad you kept busy there what was the what was the place you did all that work for the record store there uh they're called culture clash culture, culture clash, clash. Right. yep Shout out to them go check them out because that's uh, yeah. that's a great story yeah my other band uh we'll, we can talk about that later but one of my other bands were playing there uh on record store day this year so I actually built a stage, built a stage for them too inside. So yeah, done a lot of work for them. I'm very grateful for all that. So yeah, we're excited to play there on Record Store Day. Promo that then. Who's the Who's the other band? Uh, it's a band with Jim, actually from Oscar Bay, called Cobra Pit. I, I, I feel like I've he seen meant that. I haven't checked. I haven't checked you guys out yet. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. No. Yeah. It's I've fine. Seen the name. Um, yeah. I, I feel like he mentioned it on the episode, but I can't remember for sure. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's another fun band. So yeah, called Cobra Pit. We just put out two new songs uh, last week, I think. So streaming so everywhere. Vocals? No, he's playing drums. Oh no! Uh, I didn't yeah, expect he, that. He, yeah, he he's a drummer first and foremost. Uh, and so him and I do on the record uh, or the recordings. Uh, we both did backups, but live I'm doing backups only. Um, so you get a little bit of that Jim Howes, Oscar bait yell uh, in the gang vocals that I love. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super fun band. Well, we've been, uh, we've been slightly avoiding it all, all conversation so far. Let's talk about the literal elephant in the room. You got a nice okay. wooden one on the wall there. <laughs> yep. So uh, how's um, Elephant Records doing? We're good. So, um, I mean, this could be, like I mentioned to you, this could be a whole other episode, and I'd be glad to, to talk your ear off about it if you'd let me. But, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. kind of, it's always kind of been um, in the back of Little Elephant's mind to not necessarily phase out the live sessions, but focus on a... Uh, um, Record label. Are you still there? Yeah, you just saw me react going, no. 
I oh, oh, okay. I was I like, no, I, thought, I just didn't, I I didn't want to yell out. in the mic. No, no, no. I just, I just got shocked. I like the live oh. sessions. That's like, I like that it was both that you had yeah. live sessions and it was a label. I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the goal for the future is to do both. Um, but you know, it's live sessions take a lot of work. It's a, it's three of us, um, you know, coordinating with bands that, uh, are either completely stoked and on time and are, have their shit together or the exact opposite. And, (laughs) um, they're still stoked, but they're, you know, super late and not considering that we have other things going on in our lives and whatever and, and all that can lead to yeah. uh just getting kind of burnt out and stuff so the the pandemic was actually this perfect time to just take a big break from it and kind of rethink and and that was the time where I was like hey you know we're gonna put out the shitty neighbors record ourselves if because nobody's biting on putting it out um, so rather than putting it out as herself, let's put it out as the label and, you know, and it kind of shifted gears to, you know, we, we I, I don't want to use the word helped because I don't think we ever really helped bands when we did live sessions for them. I think we just kind of let them do their thing and we captured it because um, all the bands that we did, you know, don't necessarily need our help. We just kind of allowed them to do their thing and and then we they can share it to everybody else sort of thing i would rather take a band that actually needs some help or a push or you know just somebody in their corner for them and put out their music for them and help get them on what little radar uh power we have uh as a you know an entity or whatever um so it's always been in my mind that we would turn into a record label first and foremost. And, you know, if the live sessions still happen, awesome. If not, you know, that's also fine. Um, Tours are starting back up and hopefully we can continue live sessions, but, you know, at this time, it's also just not my main priority, I guess. So I don't know. We'll see. Always evolving, always trying to figure out, what to do next sort of thing. Yeah, no, that's great. Like I try to, I'd like to say I do the same thing with my platform. I'd rather give a newer band a push. Not that, you know, I'm like a massive marketing outreach yet or not like, not like I have a huge platform or anything, but it's nice mm-hmm. to, it's nice to do newer bands or, or bands I think are going to be, are going to be big shit like that. Like, I mean, you guys have had Iron Sheik and Spanish love songs do live sessions. Like I, I highly oh, yeah. doubt they needed any press. You know, No, I mean? not at all. But it's those kind of bands, like those two specifically, um, you know, there's two of my favorite sessions we've ever done. But like when a band like that comes in um, and they are just as excited to be there as we are as excited to have them, that's when it's like, yeah, Yeah. that's when it's like, man, we're doing something right. You know, we don't have to sell ourselves to these people. They're, They're already excited, you know. So it's definitely a good feeling.
Welcome back. We're talking with Mark Me- Mark Mark <clears throat> Metzger. Yep. Shitty name. Mark Metzger. Yep. <laughs> said that right. You yeah. slugging back orange juice over there? No, it's a little uh, mixed drink here. It's like a uh, vodka and bubbly and mango nectar cocktail. A school night? Yeah, dude. I work for myself. It's fine. I'll tell my boss I'll come in late tomorrow. It's fine. Your boss is probably a prick. He doesn't pay you enough. <laughs> yeah, he clearly doesn't pay me enough. He's probably sitting at home drinking himself. It was a bastard like that he is. <laughs> yeah, probably talking to somebody up in Canada. <laughs> How egotistical. I'm sure he's talking about himself and his own work, too. Yeah. Unbelievable. For, yeah, he's probably like, oh, you wouldn't believe the kind of stuff that my employees try to do to me. Ugh. The shit they pull. How dare they? <laughs> so let's talk about some uh, let's talk about some people you know. The album people okay. I know. Who who mixed and mastered the album? Actually, better so, yet, sorry, let me start that over. Where did you guys record it? Um, so we recorded it in Chicago. Um, are you familiar with Matt Jordan? Do you know him at all? Can't say I do. Okay. Uh, so this guy, Matt Jordan, uh, runs a studio. I actually think he lives. I doubt he'll listen to this. So hopefully he doesn't feel bad if I uh, forget where he moved to, but he just moved. Um, he's not in Chicago anymore, but at the time he had a studio in Chicago called type one studios. Um, and I basically, we were ready to do this album. We demoed all 10 songs ourselves, like at Little Elephant. <clears throat> we are like, we're ready to go. We are kind of thinking about who should, um, like who, who we want to produce this. And we had a, a list of probably like four people. And um, that first Sincere Engineer record came out. Are you familiar with them? And say I am. Okay, you should check them out. They're an amazing band from Chicago. And that, who at the time I didn't know, and now uh, I'm friends with all those guys. But uh, I heard that, and their singer, I listened to a podcast, and she dropped Matt Jordan's name. And I was like, all right, I don't know who this is. let me look up what he's done in the past. And he's worked with a lot of bands that we have had into Little Elephant. And I was like, oh, okay. So he's done all these records that I know. Um, I just didn't know he was the, the guy behind it. So I reached out to Matt, gave him some demos, and he was like it. Like the first response back, he was like, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. I'd love to have you. And Chicago is about four hours or so from Toledo. Um, So it's feasible. And we, we, we debated doing it ourselves, like at Little Elephant and all that stuff. And like having Rob mix and master it just like our first EP. But at the same time, I know him, Rob personally didn't want to do that. And we didn't want to do that to him. It's, it's always like, it's, it's kind of like me printing our merch. Like I print our merch for free, essentially, because I know it helps the band. 
but printing merch is a little different than being in charge of all the hours and hours and you know dedication that it takes to make a, an album let alone he has to track in his guitar and vocals himself too and this and that so we just decided you know this full length let's do it out of house let's find somebody and i really liked matt's sound and we went out there and he's amazing he ended up doing all of the instruments um it took us two trips out there um and then we did all the vocals at little elephant so we did the vocals ourselves and then we sent them to matt and he kind of mixed everything together and mastered it and yeah so another one of those perfect examples where you just learn a lot like we started to do vocals out there with matt but with three singers like somebody's voice i kind of forget how it went down but somebody's voice was kind of shot one day and we kept pushing i think it was rob's we kept pushing and we're like no 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 you got it just drink some tea oh tea's not working you still sound like shit maybe drink some whiskey oh whiskey's not helping you still sound like shit now you got a buzz like uh or whiskey just, just keep trying it. yeah more whiskey more whiskey uh let's shotgun a beer like you know so it's like the point where it's like no. techniques for sure. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's not working. More alcohol, more alcohol. Um, so it was just one of those things where like, we're not going to get vocals done out here. And, you know, we have three singers and, you know, Matt's busy at the, like he, he has a schedule. So we can't just be like, oh, we'll be back next week to try again. It's no, you have to wait like six months. So it's like, all right, let's just do it at home, you know, within our own realm when we feel comfortable and warm, like our vocals are good, blah, blah, blah. And um, it was it was a pain in the ass for sure, just like from a technical point of view. But uh, I think it yielded the best results because we learned a lot that like our vocals are very complex and there's a lot going on that we can't just say yeah let's in like friday and saturday night let's just record all all three of our vocal parts you know somebody's gonna feel under the weather somebody's gonna have burnout somebody's there's just you can you can play a guitar with a fever of 101 and those notes are going to sound the same you can't sing if you have like a frog in your throat you know like the your throat is the most sensitive your voice is the most sensitive instrument in a band like you can drum if you uh have a cold but you can't sing when you have a cold so it's just so you know you're at the mercy of time and you book studio time months out you don't know how you're going to feel that weekend uh so we learned a lot with that and and ultimately we ended up doing the vocals ourselves and then uh matt sort of being the master that he is pieced everything together and you know it's a very cohesive sound and uh and yeah we i i love it i think i think in the future we'll probably still do it that way like um we're we have future recording sessions planned and and not necessarily planned but like thought out and we'll probably just do instruments with a producer that we like and then kind of do vocals ourselves and then stitch it together that same way. 
that's uh, leading me to my next question really, really well. Are you guys writing new material? Because people I know, I mean, came out <clears throat> what feels like a lifetime ago, right? It was August. Well, I actually don't know when we released it digitally, but August 14th, I think, was the um, album release show that we had. Um, I actually don't remember when we put it live on Spotify and Bandcamp and all that stuff, but um, it feels like a lifetime ago for me, too, because we've been playing some of those songs, like I said, for years, and it's just crazy. Um, but we actually did four new songs. 2021, just for the record. Is that on Spotify? Yeah, that's May? the Spotify drop. I just looked it up. Okay. I normally so, have yeah. the stuff written down. Very unprofessional. I normally should know this, but I'm normally pretty unprofessional. So I feel you, bud. Okay. We're on the same page. Um, It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Um, So yeah, we have uh, four new songs. So the first song we ever, uh, all right, before I get into that, we have four new songs coming out in April. Um, That'll probably just be just digital only. We're probably not going to bother with like seven inch or anything like that. Um, So those will be out soon. They're recorded, they're mixed, mastered, all that stuff. Um, And one of the songs is like a reimagination of the very first song that we wrote and recorded as a band. It's on like, you can listen to it on Bandcamp right now, like the original version. It's our album called Demos. Um, So we revisited one of those super, super, super old songs and re-recorded it, gave its proper due. So that was a lot of fun to kind of go back and be like, hey, this is the first song we ever finished as a band. Let's update it, you know, give it its give it a new new spin. So that'll be out in April at some time. Um, uh, but then after that, like we're already writing a new full length. That's the next thing we're going to do LP2. So nice. Yeah, it's fun. That's hella exciting. It's just, that is exciting. I mean, um, I'm really lucky to be in a band, <clears throat> this band, well, all my bands, but this band in particular with people that are just, I don't know, thriving to create. Cause I feel like sometimes I can be a little overwhelming with my, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, you know, keep it going, keep it going. Um, so I'm very lucky to be surrounded by people that are just as eager as me to you know, create some things because it's fascinating. Like a song that you write, literally 0% of it existed before it was somebody's idea. And then it takes it to a whole new level of being done. And you have four people's or multiple people's input on the whole thing. And it, it's, I don't know, it's fascinating that content, whether it be physical or audio or, or anything like that, it's just making things just really gets my brain super super excited and and I get hyped on all that stuff so it's it's fun I'm, I'm lucky that I don't have to do shit like this myself <laughs> I, I have other people that can go along for the ride with me okay and I, have you guys announced the the second LP yet no no the second LP so so the four songs we haven't really even announced so I guess not just a phase exclusive baby <laughs> exactly yeah. why i asked that's exactly why i asked you're hearing it here first i'm not just hearing the it first 
Fuck yeah. We don't even know uh, what it's called or uh, one of the songs is named because it's a new version of an older song. The other three don't even have names yet. So that just shows you we'll probably figure it out a couple of weeks before we release it. And much like all of our other songs, it's either just going to be some random person's name or uh, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Well, I've been dying to ask this entire episode. Um, as a massive fan, how was the Tiger's Jaw show? Oh, man. That ruled. I just, that was... <clears throat> fuck, I love so Tiger's Jaw. I do too, so man. Much. So and much. Like, and like, so much. It's that perfect example of, you know, oh my God. Oh, my dogs are out, out my office door right now, just ramming their head into it trying to get in um that shows the perfect example of like you know sort of like why are you guys playing you know you sound nothing like tiger straw and i'm a huge fan of cross genre bills and just also just having the general understanding that musicians not even just musicians but people like a wide array of things you know like I listen to a ton of music that sound nothing like my bands, you know, and I love it. And so Tiger Shaw is a perfect example. I love that band. I think they're fantastic. And uh, Zach from the Ottawa Tavern, you know, he hit me up because um, Tiger Shaw was supposed to go out on a whole U.S. run with uh, Circa Survive. And Circa canceled the whole tour because of they. I think they said it was like medical related but it wasn't covid i don't know okay. if uh anthony green just like got like like some mental stuff or or i don't know but it was yeah. like a like a u.s wide tour right and tiger shaw was support and they must have known ahead of time that it was going to get canceled so they sh- like tried to rebook a lot of the dates as a headlining tour themselves and they hit up Zach as they should as they should should. they're absolutely a headlining band there's no question about that yeah 100 and you know they they're getting ready for this gigantic tour probably the biggest tour they've ever done in their life supporting Circa and you know they probably paid thousands in merch like ready to go and you know they've planned all this stuff like paid booking agent i don't know i'm sure there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that they prep for, for it sure. and then the tour gets canceled and they're like well we're not just going to sit at home so they uh you know reached out to some of the you know the, the ottawa tavern's a small like 200 cap room in toledo it's an amazing local venue you know, like we we love it it's like the best in town but circa tour would never play there you know so they had to when tiger straw rebooked the tour themselves they reached out to the smaller markets and you know zach figured it out and he hit us up and i was personally stoked i don't think anybody else in my band in shitty neighbors has ever listened to no way tiger shell i think i think rob i think they all know the name but oh, Rob, yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob probably has because of his wife, Erin, because I know she's a huge fan. But at the same time, it's I'm the only person in the band who would call them 
like I would say, oh yeah, I like that band a lot. Um, so um, I'm, I'm like kind of what everybody calls the band dad, you know, I don't know if that's a term you're familiar with, but I kind of do all the behind the scenes stuff and, and all that. So I book us and, you know, I reach out to the other guys, like, Hey, we got the show offered. You guys want to play blah, blah. And when I asked everybody else, it's like, Hey, we got to open up tiger show at the auto tavern. And everyone's like, yeah, I guess. And I'm like, no, this will be awesome. It should be stoked. This, yeah. <laughs> this will 100% sell out and it will be awesome. And uh, they all agreed. And then it sold out in like 24 hours. And I'm like, whoa, is this show going to be? It's like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, but, and it was, that show was amazing. Uh, we, we were loading in when Tiger Shaw was uh, sound checking, sounded fantastic. Uh, my buddy Steve does the sound there, sounded fantastic. And it got me super excited. Um, and as soon as we were done playing, uh, they approached us and me. I think they actually reached out to everybody in person, but they're like, man, you guys were just crushing it up there. Like, what the fuck? Like this and then. So I don't know. It, it felt super good. We got to talk to them and kick it with insane. them for a little bit. Yeah. It what do they smell really like? Uh, <laughs> they smell like uh, pizza and pop punk mixed with a... Uh, a little bit of love and uh, stale beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, would be, I would just be so but, nervous. And- <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of goes back to the little elephant thing. Like, uh, yeah. W- when you get like Sundowner coming in, it's Chris from Lawrence's right. Lawrence Arms thing. It's like Rob and I are like shitting ourselves that Chris is in our like house sure. slash recording studio. And then the second that you just treat those, you know, your idols as just other human beings, the better the conversations. Like if you sit there and you punish them with like, hey, man, so like, what were you thinking when you wrote this song and like these lyrics and that? Like, because this is my interpretation is like, look, what's, what's your interpretation? Like the second that you do that and they don't know you at all, they're just setting up a wall and, and they oh, just, they're just looking, they're just looking to get out. But if you treat yeah. them like human beings, because they are, um, you're going to get a genuine conversation from them and they're going to let their guard down and you can actually talk to these human beings. And, and it's awesome. It's like, it's like, I can't imagine meeting Rob Zombie and having that same conversation. But at the same time, give a fuck less about Rob Zombie. He's not exactly. Show. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, that's kind of my point. Like, like going back to like are, the, right? yeah. going back to the radio thing. Like, some people like those rock stars that only exist on their radio and stuff. Like, you could never meet those idols if that's your kind of bag, and like have that conversation. Like, maybe you could, but the chances are kind of against you. Whereas like yeah, you. you can, you. you can meet the dudes in like Menzingers and just have a conversation with them. You can like, I don't know, you can meet hot water music. You can meet all these bands and you can have a beer with them. You can have a shot with them at the bar. You can talk gear, you can talk touring, all this stuff. And they'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. It's just punk rock, such a, like an approachable and um, I don't know. It's just, it's just, more community driven because they all were in your shoes at that same time. Like Tiger's Jaw was opening for a band that they looked up to at one time and they know how important it is 
for that band to come and talk to them and stuff. And it's awesome. It's super cool to see that that shit still exists. And there's that level of humility and, and I love it. it. It really just brings a huge smile to my face and, and keeps me going. So it's awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. Cause literally anytime I even message a band, like when I messaged you guys, I'm like, Hey, you think you'd like want to come on the show and chat? Anytime I get a yes, I'm like, no fucking way. Seriously? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm always like blown away. I'm like, oh, fuck. Now I'm nervous. Now I got to write a questions list for these guys. Oh, fuck. Like, I still get that little tinge. I was nervous to come on here. I mean, like the last podcast that we did, we did as a band. um, And that was awesome. But it's like one-on-one. It's like you're super easy to talk to. So that helps. But it's also just way more vulnerable. Like I could never be a, I don't have the voice to do it, but I can never be like a solo musician just up on stage with an acoustic guitar. Like I need my bandmates and I also need to play punk rock. So there's a little bit of sloppiness that you're allowed to have. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. So you, you guys got some shows booked for the, the near future coming up since you're the bookie, the agent. Yeah, I'm the agent. They they pay me the big bucks for booking all these shows for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we actually play. Um, I don't how how far out do these episodes drop? Uh, this will be it'll be within March. It's either going to be oh, okay. It's either going to be the ninth or the sixteenth. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, this will probably be too late, but. Um, uh, this Sunday, so March 6th, I think we're playing in Detroit with the, uh, do you know the band Decent Criminal? Have you heard of them? Oh, no, but cool name. Amazing band. Dude, you gotta, you gotta Check look them up. Check them out. I, uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, so yeah, we're going to be going up to Detroit, Michigan to play with them. Um, as far as after that we just have we don't have a whole lot planned we're kind of just focusing on just writing and trying to record some more but we have a a local show in Toledo on I think it's April 2nd and then April 3rd we're playing Cleveland Ohio Um, and there's some stuff later in the year that uh, we got added to that I'm not technically allowed to talk about yet but it's a uh, it's a certain it's a certain festival that uh we got asked to play that i'm very excited about so yeah i just don't think excited we're allowed to talk about it yeah no that's that's fine that's cool that's cool yeah i'll tell you i'll tell you off off there i was just gonna air. say i was, I was <laughs> literally gonna say you know i'm gonna ask you off mic right but I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll maybe, yeah. maybe i'll edit that out because <laughs> i'm curious if you're uh if you're going to be there or not because i would love to uh you know eventually meet you in person and hang out i never go anywhere dude i'm so broke and so busy i actually have a nine to five sucks <laughs> what um what what city are you in i'm near toronto put it that oh, way. okay about okay. an hour outside of toronto all right we'll, we'll chat well, we'll chat we'll see where you're going we'll see where yeah you're going. maybe we'll come play uh come play you know your house someday my my apartment living room yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be on neighbor. your last your last day of before you move apartments. Oh, I would truly be the shittiest neighbor at that point. <laughs> there you go, man. Comes full circle. I see how many it. crappy, see how many shitty neighbor jokes I can make in one <laughs> shitty episode. 
All right. Who haven't you played with yet that you'd absolutely love to share the stage with? If you could play with any band live, who would you play with? Oh, man. I'm like I said, I'm so bad with those questions. Um, uh, I just think I think one band that the four of us all love and we all because we all kind of like a lot of different things, but we have that you know venn diagram crossover sort of thing i would just have to say hot water music because that's just such an important band for all four of us and um yeah that would be that'd be like the dream to play with that band so if you could uh if you could see one band do a reunion show who would it be this is one of those questions that i do have ready to go at all times and it's a band called gatsby's american dream do you know them? Okay. Uh, they were a pretty short-lived, well, actually not really even short-lived. They were that band where I just loved them so much, but nobody gave a shit because they never wrote choruses. They would just like every part of their songs were actually could have been choruses, but they just never really repeat anything um, to the point where they have songs written that are like bashing on record labels and, you know, managers and booking agents and execs saying like, where's the fucking chorus? Like your band sucks. You don't write choruses. You're not, you're not catchy. You're never going to go anywhere. We need that hook. And they did not give a fuck. And I still, to this day, listen to all those records. They're based out of like, um, like Washington. I think it was like the Seattle, one of the Seattle suburbs. Um, And it was one of those bands I found in high school and we got to play with them. Uh, my old band got to play with them and they're, they're just those people that don't know how important they were to a lot of people. Um, but to bring it back around again to little elephant, we, um, one of their guitar players, Bobby started a new project called American fail and just surprised the internet with a new record. It was like, here it is, new side project from Bobby from Gatsby's. And I fell in love with it. It's um, it's basically like their version of The Decline by No Effects. It's like 20 some minutes of just 20 songs that mm-hmm. all run into each other. They're all like under a minute, a minute plus, like whatever. Um, and we were lucky enough, like I think one night I was drunk and was listening to it. And I was like, Equal Vision put that, put this out digitally. Where can I get the physical thing? Like, I want to buy the record. It's not on Equal Vision site. Like, and so I got on the little elephant Twitter and I messaged them and I was like, are you guys doing a physical release? Because if not, I want to do it. And they responded like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And I was like, what? Wait, what? And I couldn't believe it. And it's like Bobby still to this day, as much as we've talked, he has no idea how much Gatsby's means to me because I would feel like I would be embarrassing him and punishing him if I like fanboyed out to him. But uh, being able to work with somebody that I've looked up for, looked up to for that long was like truly mind blowing. And, and yeah, so if I could see any band reunite, it would be his his band Gatsby's American dream. They're awesome. If anybody's listening and and just wants to check it out, I would say start with volcano probably. 
And after that, go to Ribbons and Sugar. Those two records are phenomenal. Nice. I'll have to be uh, checking that out on my free time this lovely weekend. Do you, uh, you got a favorite show or tour memory as a band so far with Shitty Neighbors? Is there like one selective memory that stands <laughs> out to you above them all? Well, that's kind of tough. We we don't do a whole lot of like like we definitely don't do crazy things on tour or anything like that. It's mostly we just like to uh go on Yelp or something and find the best food place and and you know, get into town early, get settled, go eat some food, hang out, whatever. Um but one time we played uh a show with Samwell you know Samwell? He's the guy that did the What What in the Butt song. Are you, you know that? Mar- I know the yeah. song, yeah. You know the song, yeah. Yeah, so I we do. Played a, we played a show with him in Columbus. Our buddy, <clears throat> our buddy Ryan put it on, uh, and he's he's weird in the best way possible, like organizing these like sort of uh holiday shows sort of things with just a bunch of like different types of people whether they're stand-up comedians or you know youtube sensation people like what what in the butt guy like viral whatever and he asked us to play and we played and um i actually got to go up on stage during what what in the butt and be one of the dancers and um Samuel was super fucking nice and funny. Uh, we got to hang out with him after and he's, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you step back and you're like, what the hell just happened? Like that was so much fun and it was ridiculous. And yeah, I don't know. Stuff like that makes me smile real big. I didn't expect that answer at all. <laughs> Good. Did not expect that at all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. I mean, there's there's plenty more if I could sit back and think of it, but that that's always like the weirdest, uh, like what the fuck are we doing? I love it, sort of thing. Yeah, fucking weird for sure. So yeah. I've been waiting all episode to ask about the good stuff here. You said you guys uh, try to find some place to eat before the show. What's up with this hot sauce? I mean, I fucking love hot sauce. I put hot sauce into almost every <laughs> single meal that I eat. I'm told yeah. by my doctor that's like super unhealthy, but the fuck does he know, right? I'm still alive, so. Yeah, dude, doctors don't know shit. It's fine. Yeah, what are they paid for? You got to give me your address after we hang up. I'll send you a bottle. Um, oh, it's this Chicago. Yeah, it's a Chicago company called Soothsayer. Shout out to Kyle, our buddy. Uh, he works with a lot of bands. Um, he's done stuff for you know Jeff Rosenstock. Um, Chris Farron, I believe, I don't know, just a ton of, ton of bands. Um, and we were lucky enough that he uh, wanted to collaborate and uh, yeah, we have our own, our own hot sauce here that we can mail out. We can get it at shows. Uh, it's called Bone Burner. It's a, uh, an orange bell pepper and habanero sauce. Does it actually uh, hit you? Is it hot, hot or what? Uh, so, so Kyle's whole thing, and and I, that's why I love about it is, I hate those hot sauces that are like a dare, you know, like I dare you to take like one, just put one thing on it. 
enjoy actual flavor. I exactly. want it hot, but I enjoy actual flavor in my hot sauce. Yeah. Yep. So Kyle really makes it a point to give you that heat, but also that flavor. And and every sauce that I've had from Soussairs is that perfect balance of heat, but also flavor. Because you don't want to, like, there are already tons of hot sauces that are like, I dare you to just put one little dab on this. I dare you. You won't do it. And then you do it and you have, it like ruins your night, you know? That sucks. Nobody wants that. I don't want to sell that to people. <laughs> so yeah, we were lucky. Uh, that was part of a collaboration with people I know. We rolled that out um, like a limited run. I think it was like 50 bottles as like a bundle, and like a shirt, hot sauce, and a record. And those sold out like right away. So I, I really do thank Sue Sayer for helping us push our record that that release week because i do think that it helped and since then we've re-upped on batch number two and you can get those at shows and then also i think littleelephantlive.com but yeah make nice. sure you tell me your address I'll, I'll send you a bottle i'll send you a little care package well that would be fantastic i'd be so into that like i said massive hot sauce fan when i saw that i, I had to ask if you guys were collaborating if it's your own or what the deal is or See, I'm glad I got that. Uh, I'm glad I got that sorted. Um, now, as much as much as I like to cook and do all that stuff, I I wouldn't dare try to make a a, a food related item that I then sell to other people because I would just fear that I would somehow be poisoning them and or or X Y and Z. And so I would just let them up, let it up to the professionals, and and just happy that they uh, let us collaborate with them. Yeah, it's super cool. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to try that. So uh, I'm going to assume, Mark, that you are not a pacifist. Um, if you could punch anyone what in the face... What the fuck makes you say that, dude? <laughs> what the fuck are you trying to say? <laughs> you trying to get tough, bro? Yeah, dude. Hey, this Zoom call, I can punch your lights out, bro. I can do yeah. it. I'll figure out a way. Yeah. Okay, so I don't think you're a tough guy by any means. I don't think you're a... <laughs> You're out looking to start shit or start fights. But if you could punch anyone in the face as hard as you can and have absolutely no repercussions, who would you deck and why? That's a fantastic question. And the first yeah, person that <laughs> the first person that comes to mind is you, dude. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the nice. first person that comes to mind. I mean, I'd, I'm not here to get political uh, or anything like that. Uh, I would just have to say Ted Cruz. I mean, you being a Canadian, I, I, you know, Senator Ted Cruz, you have to, right? Why do you want to Everybody. punch out Ted? Why? Why do I want to? He just has yeah. that, like, uh, I don't know. I just hate it. I hate it so much. And <laughs> all of his, all of his, all of his like evolution of like his his like uh, hairstyles and and now he's got like the the like the beard and everything. It's just like he's just trying. I don't know. Every nothing's working for him, and he just. I feel like he just doesn't care about even the people of Texas half the time. Uh, so yeah, I don't okay. know. He's just he just got to hit me face, and you just you just want to fucking hit it. Yeah, and and I I've never punched anybody in my life. You know, I've never Seriously? been in a fight. No, 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 never. 
and like a punk show someone punched you or you caught an elbow in the face or some stage I mean, dive in the foot in the mouth or something like well all right so i've never caught a punch on purpose and i've never hit anybody on purpose like nobody's nobody's Wild. ever punched me no dude i've never been in a have you been in fights yeah yeah, yeah. i have a yeah. big mouth man big yeah mouth. <laughs> yeah yeah all right well a couple tussles i mean i don't know i i i i wouldn't even say that i was like taught not to fight or like part of my upbringing i just never i'll run my mouth don't get me wrong like when i get heated i get heated but i have this like way about me that i i never want to punch anybody i mean i want to punch people but i'm also kind of skinny and and weak and all that stuff so i know like not the punching type. you know <laughs> yeah exactly. i've never yeah. i've never had the true desire to like lay anybody yeah. out um okay. a because i'd curious. probably get my ass kicked and b yeah. um what would that solve you know no like, for sure sure it's a hypothetical sure, saw, question yeah if i saw somebody like doing some bad shit to somebody a that i cared about or b like somebody who you know didn't deserve it i feel like i would step in and 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 do the right thing but i've just never been put in that situation that it's became physical you know I'm I'm more of a uh, use my words and yell at people and talk them out of shit than go to the pushing and punching phase. <laughs> so, yeah, For sure. that's why that's why I like asking that question. You know, it's like it's uh, some tough guy bands on here, some you know softer bands on here. I just like asking who people want to punch. Just amuses me. What's, I don't know, let, let let me ask you a question if you don't care. Let me Got reverse it. these roles. I'm the now. Yeah podcast host and you're the guest yeah. with me on not just a phase uh with rob um let me ask you this what's the wildest answer you've had for that question you don't have to name the person but like what was their answer That's was it like what was it like somebody that they knew personally like oh i want to punch some... i want to punch yeah. this guy rick that uh you know did me wrong and the 12th grade or whatever and blah 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh see so, yeah i don't i don't hold grudges like that i'm not like yeah i want to punch the ex member of my band because he did this and that like i, I don't care well, they're always usually shit. very silly they're yeah, always usually very right. silly i think the one right. guy said like britney spears's sister i didn't even know she oh, had a sister so that uh, amused me that was yeah. a weird answer like okay is it is it jamie or jamie lynn or something i only know that because of the documentary yeah he said lyingly yeah i only know that because of my tattoo that i have of her yeah <laughs> that's a it's a great segue i want to talk about music that you listen to that could be considered a guilty pleasure to yourself or others and if you have no shame what do you listen to that like people wouldn't expect like what's the weirdest thing you listen to if you have no shame but I don't know. I can't imagine there's a bunch of pop finals in your closet or anything like that. Then again, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. That's why you're asking. Um, so first off, let me start with saying that I absolutely loathe the term guilty pleasure. I think it's bullshit. I think if you like something, you need to be proud of that. Um, and don't even be like, oh, I listen to this. It's my guilty pleasure. Fuck that. It's a pleasure. 
it's your pleasure and you like to listen to it. Um, that being said, if I were to say like, uh, what's something that I listen to that people might not suspect, um, starting off easy, I'm like a big classic rock guy, like Tom Petty's probably one of my favorite artists of all time. So I listen to that a lot, which people don't expect. Um, but I love like Justin Timberlake when like <clears throat> pop like that is done right. How can you hate it? Nope. It's so nope, fucking catchy agree. and it's so good. And it like makes me want to dance and I love it. Um, I'm awful at dancing, but I still do it. And um, I hear you. Feel you. bands like uh, that first 1975 record, man, I love that shit so much. It's so poppy. So just like, I don't know, it hits, it hits the right, the right note in my spine and just sends me, sends me dancing. So I have no shame in that shit, man. I, I think yeah. it's so funny when, when like, especially like punk dudes are like, yeah, I only listen to punk rock. That's all I listen to. Fuck all that other bullshit. It's like, really? They How? talk, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. me. Yeah, I'm a punk I'm guy. A, I'm yeah. a punkish motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no good new bands out there. Yeah, I'm a punk guy. It's like, really? What a boring music life you have. Like, you don't you don't listen to anything that just makes, like, mm. I love Whitney Houston. Like, that shit, man. That just drives yeah, me okay. crazy. I okay, love it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So I love it. But yeah, once again, not a guilty pleasure. It's just a straight up pleasure. So what would you, what would you say was your album of the year for 2021? I think that that's pretty cut and dry. Uh, Gami Gang by Origami Angel. Fantastic record. Dude, you got to look it up. No idea. No. It's not only is it mostly just listen to punk you know i listen to a lot of punk shit i don't yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i'll listen to punk yeah Uh, show (laughs) uh dude that's so funny i know i know so many people that are like that um i have no idea who this band is though i'm looking it up now uh so there are how many tracks 20 pop tracks pop music or no, it's like kind of that like mom mom jeansy short sort of like new Dude, I love mom like, jeans. Yeah, like if you that's like that's my mom guilty jeans, pleasure. Yeah. That's my guilty Dude. pleasure. Dude, mom jeans rules. Amazing oh, band. 100%. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah, they're pals of ours like I love them. Like I've started to Seriously? get to know the Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get ripped I mean, on so had... hard for liking them. Dude, fuck that. By the other Those... guys on my team, but they don't know shit cuz they don't like mom jeans. So their musical opinion is shit. <laughs> exactly and hey another not just a phase uh, exclusive those people are no longer on your team bud they're canceled they're done <laughs> this is just gone. you now gone. you heard it here gone. you heard it here first they're gone <laughs> but dropping. no so we're dropping style. so so gami gang has 20 songs on it and i'm not talking like a like a decline sort of 20 songs these are full length like three minute songs and there's no filler. The shit, like you have to listen to that record front to back. All bangers, they're, eh? They're they're like playing stuff. They're they're younger people that are like playing stuff that they they've heard like uh, like they found their older siblings Chiodos burnt CDs 
right and they're and they're like bringing in those like these little little pieces of like chuggy chuggy meat meat parts but also a super poppy (laughs) clean vocals and i love it it just works so well it's so unique they're fantastic yeah dude you got to check it out it's it sounds like i'm gonna be down easily the most listened to thing of me uh, from me from last year Oh, Oregon I'll Angel. Put that on after. Yeah. Oregon Dude. Angel. Okay. Okay. So maybe two, three questions left here. This guy's a big one. Bit of a doozy for some people. They don't know how to answer it. If you could oh, give, no. if you could give the world a gift, what would it be and why? Doesn't have to be a material possession, but if you could give the entire world a gift, what would it be? Hmm. That's a fantastic question. Thank you. I um, it myself. <laughs> I don't think I have anything physical to give. So I'm glad that you brought it doesn't that. doesn't have to be. Yeah, it doesn't right, have to right. be. I would say just positivity. I can be, don't get me wrong, I can be negative. I can be critical for sure of shit that pisses me off and, and that I think is absolutely wrong and disgusting and blah, blah, blah. But I, I like to think that I try my hardest to um, spread joy and optimism and positivity to anybody that I come in contact with, whether it's my lifelong friends or strangers and stuff like that. Um, and the only reason I say this is because I know that I have people in my life that do this to me. Um, that keep me going and help keep me sane. And, and I get it. You can't be positive all the time in social media world, like social media where people only share positive stuff. It's, it can be daunting when bad shit happens in your life and you feel alone because all of these people you follow and all of your friends, they don't go through this. It's like, no, they do too. They just don't share it on social media that you're never seeing that side of that people go through negative shit, you know, it happens to everybody and you need to understand those boundaries too. Um, but you just, there, you know, when people are going through bad times, you need something positive to listen to, whether it be a podcast or a band or, uh, just to talk, talking with your friends being humble, being personal with them and relating to them about it's okay to feel bad. It's okay that you're going through this rough patch. It's okay that you're dealing with mental struggles. It's okay. This and that I've, I go through it too, but you know what, the way that you overcome that is to try to be uplifting, try to be positive, try to share with these people that, you know, there there's, there's always something to look forward to you need to find something in your life to look forward to because your life might be bad now, or you might be going through a rough patch, but there's always something in the future that you can look to and go, Hey, this is coming up, or this is a goal of mine, or, you know, this is vacations coming up or this tour is coming up or this, whatever. I don't know. Just try to try to keep positive with shit, man. That's it. Good answer. So I know there's probably not like a goal, but like, what would you want to accomplish with the band Shitty Neighbors? Like, is there a venue 
you've always wanted to play a festival. You've always wanted to step onto uh, a label. You wanted to be a part of a collab. You like, is there, you got like some sort of milestone that you'd like to achieve with, with the band? That's a great question. I think, so we're all, you know, mid thirties, mid, mid to late thirties. Um, if you would ask us 20 years ago, our answers would be, yeah, like getting signed to Epitaph or something like that. Yeah. I know now, and we all know, like, <clears throat> that's like kind of the, the joys of this day and age of indie music is you can put out a self-released album and do just fine. You know, you don't need these labels to help you. And me being a record label owner, I'm telling everybody listening that you don't need a record label to put out your music. You know, you can do this shit without us. Um, and yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> it's like, that was like a huge goal as a kid. It's like, we're going to play some shows and we're going to get signed and then that'll be awesome. And so many stories end up terribly with that goal in mind like victory records was like the label to like fucking get signed to as a kid and look at all those bands like all that shit it just crumbles like owners get greedy and this and that don't get me wrong there are plenty of labels that are bigger than us that i would love to do releases on but i'm just saying if, you, if that that's your goal is to get signed you're playing music for the wrong reasons you just you really are because if your only goal is to get signed <clears throat> then you're essentially an actor trying to get a role in the new like Transformers movie or some shit like that. You know, the next blockbuster. It's like, no, you need to be an artist first. And if some label wants to put out your stuff, then that's fucking awesome. But if you're only creating content to get signed, those labels are going to see right through that and go, no, you're, you know, you guys, you just, there's no longevity to that. So our goal as a band, I mean, we don't really talk about it much, but we're kind of just on the same page is just keep making music, you know, scrapping together money to record, put out records. You know, I run a mail order out of my guest room and uh, slash office. And uh, if people buy shit, that's amazing. Thank you to everybody who has, but you know, if not, that's a gamble that we took and if nobody buys your record nobody buys your record like we're still having fun playing live shows and and getting opportunities to to play in front of new people but there's no real like milestones where like in the next year we need to do this in the next year we need to do this and this and this and this we all have families we all have significant others we all have you know our day jobs and stuff so this is not our main priority by any means, which I think helps because we can relax and then it yields a better product in my opinion. So. All right. So I guess we'll, uh, we'll do a wrap on it. Then <clears throat> you got any, any last shout outs, plugs or any causes, anything you want to talk about at all. Mike's yours. Let's, let's, uh, let's hear about it. Then we'll say our cyanardas. Well, first off, I just want to thank you for having me. This is awesome. Um, of course, yeah. it was definitely, Definitely super nervous about doing this, even though I know I shouldn't be. But uh, this is more nerve wracking than like playing playing a show. <laughs> uh, 
but um, I just want to give a shout out to my girlfriend, Kate. Uh, I don't know if she's going to ever listen to this or not, or make it this far. Uh, but I'll definitely ask her if she listened. And if she mentions that I said her name, then I'll know she listened till the very end. <laughs> skim it. Right. Skim yeah. through it. Yeah. Uh, I skim oh, it's through. great, babe. Yeah. Yeah, you you yeah. you just really talked a lot. I like the parts where the host was asking the questions, but you were just rambling a lot. I, I liked didn't when really you like talked that. about. I liked when you talked about music. Ah, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No conversation. Uh, my girlfriend Kate's amazing. I love her so much. Um, so yeah, shout out to her, and then all my bandmates, past and present. Um, but currently, Craig, Joe, Rob. And then Cobra Pitts, Brad, Joel, and Jim Coleman. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just love it. It's so much fun to be a part of a band that's that we're actually friends and not just like a, uh, like it's wild to me that Craigslist, Craigslist type meetups happen for like bands and stuff. Like granted, those relationships can turn into friendships, but we were all friends before we started these bands and that's why the bands mean so much is because we were friends first and, and, you know, artists second. Um, so I'm just grateful for that. Um, shout out to Soothsayer Hot Sauce, uh, for, for being the homies. Um, and huge thanks to everybody who's checked out our bands, um, or anything that little elephants put out, you know, we got, ton of new ton of awesome releases with like local friends uh house tours and take weight um new stuff on the horizon just please follow little elephant records little elephant live same entity sort of thing and uh yeah hopefully we can just bring some bands that you might not be hip to kind of put them in front of you and hopefully you dig them because because i know i sure do and um once again, thank you for having me. I love this sort of shit. Uh, I'll come back anytime you want. We can talk about any subjects and we can just chit chat. I love, I love talking to new people. So you've been, you've been an amazing host. Thank you. You've been an absolute uh, pleasure of a guest to speak with as well, Mark. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. We will definitely do this again sometime in the future. It's been an absolute pleasure. Heck yeah. Thanks. Thanks.